episode 22 of the Just Joe podcast. Uh, this one is definitely different than all the other ones, and this is what this podcast is all about. There is no definition of what goes on. We are talking alcohol. We're talking spirits. We're obviously talking about the coronavirus. How could you not? But we're looking at a very bright side. And um, I got my good friend, Ben Riley. Uh, he's a consultant, and we're just going to get into it. Everybody, welcome Ben Riley. Get me one. Get me one. Set me free, set me free. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Episode 22. Double deuce, double deuce, double deuce of the Just Joe podcast. We are in probably the first week of uh, stay the fuck at home mode. And here we are. And I got a really cool guest, uh, show bro, and also good friend of all of ours, Ben Riley. He is a consultant of many things. And we're just going to kind of roll with it. So say hi, Ben. Say hi, and 22 is now my new favorite number, Joe. I'm going yes. to get the jersey printed. There you go, 22, 22. I think the first time I became aware of you, and this is, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, I've been a part, I haven't been a part of this past couple of years, I've been busy, but I was the music at the Chili Chili Run in Kaz every year for a number of years. Love it. And uh, it's such a cool event. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what it is, it's a 5K literally in the middle of winter. Uh, and it, it's chilly because it's cold and chilly because it's a chilly cook-off. And not only the local business is doing chilly, but there's also alcohol at these places. So, you know, you got Empire um, Brewing Company. And I remember you with Life of Riley in the Disco Lemonade. And that was how I was introduced to, to you, uh, not, not personally, but to what you were doing. And uh, tell, me a little, so tell, cool. me, tell me a little bit about Life of Riley. I know that you've sold the company off, but let me know. Let's tell the listeners about Life of Riley. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been in hospitality my entire industry. I just I love watching people enjoy themselves, and whether it be bars, restaurants. I used to run country clubs for a living. I used to manage wine lists for a living, and then uh, I totally got burned out. I got burned out of the scene, and I was actually home with my two kids. Um, they were like two and one years old at the time. This was almost twelve years ago, mm-hmm. and, and through a buddy, I actually met a developer who um, got me in contact with them, and he wanted to start a winery in Casanova. So what then became Aware of Vineyards on East Lake Road in Casanova, I wrote the business plan for that almost 12 years ago right and became the director of operations of Aware of Vineyards. So I worked for them in that capacity for about four years. And quite frankly, I was working 80 hours a week. I got burned out again. I had a couple of you know personality clashes. And I said, you know what? I'm not putting any equity into myself. Right. So I sat down with my wife, Siobhan, who's a nurse who's on the front line of all this right now. God bless and she you. goes, you know what? She goes, Let's do something for ourselves. So we saw a hole in the industry for distilleries. I sat back down, wrote another 55-page business plan, and poof, Life of Riley, the distillery was born. It, that, that is the case because I've noticed, I mean, we've had a, obviously New York State has seen an explosion 
of breweries and craft brews and everything else, which I think is amazing because I want to get to this point and get your uh, thoughts on it. Well, we'll get there. But there hasn't been the explosion of the distilleries yet. And I'm starting to see them starting to pop up, whether they're in conjunction with a winery or conjunction with a brewery, or some of them are standalone. So, like, there's definitely a void because not everybody's in the craft beer. Some people love their spirits. Some people like, I don't like beer, you know. So th- there was a huge, there was a huge void, and I think you found that even before it was a thing. Yeah, we tried to we tried to get there on the front line. I mean, what I like to say when people ask about the craft beverage scene in New York State, I like to say the wineries were about ten years ahead of the breweries. And the breweries were, are about five years ahead of where the distilleries are. Yeah. So if you kind of look at that curve, I mean, there's, I think there's something like 600 wineries in the state. I think there's about 400 breweries now. There's still only about 150 to 200 distilleries. So in the next three to five years, you'll see the distilleries grow to the breweries. And then I think that's when you're going to hit the peak and you're going to start you know, seeing a little bit of the weeding out happen. Yeah, because I've, I've said that because I'm like, man, Every time I'm turning around, it's oh my like, God, there's a craft brewery. Or I'm driving down a road. I'm like, Jesus, there's a there's a craft brewery. You know, like there's so many of them. And it's like at some point, like we're going to hit critical mass because there's only so much money to be spent, so many people to be here. But at the same time, I've also said to people, I'm like, I'm looking at the craft brewery and the winery industry and the distillery industry here in New York State as like maybe this might become our thing that brings people from around the, the states, the East Coast, and even the world because they know of this amazing industry that's happening here. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, the, the Finger Lakes are, are one of the best wine regions in the world, not just New York State. That's not what people think about. We want to we position New York State wines, which is truly my passion, is, is positioning it like when you think of wine regions in, in the world, you think of like Bordeaux in France, you think of like Napa Valley in California. Yeah. We want the Finger Lakes and the Rieslings and the white wines that are coming out of the Finger Lakes region to rival those wine regions. Now, when it comes to breweries and distilleries, it's a little bit different. And that's what's hard about it is everybody wants to be, you know this, you, you, you're in every restaurant and bar in town. Everybody right. wants to be in the restaurant industry. Everybody wants to be in the beverage industry. But I don't know why they want to be in the restaurant industry. It's like, hi, do you, have a, do you, you know how to make a small fortune? You have a larger one. You start with a larger one. That's how you, that's exactly you have a small right. fortune. You know what it is? It's, it's, when you start a beverage business, this is what I say with my beverage clients all the time. You need to, have, you need to be able to get punched in the gut every single day between now and the day you sell your business or you close your business. That's what it's like being in the beverage industry. It is so hard to crack in, crack into it. But once you do it and you have a win, it just, there's no better feeling. I bet. Just like, just like anything. I mean, I've been, I'm still getting punched in the gut and I've been doing music full time for just about 20 years at this point. So um, I take every win and savor it because I know I'm going to get punched in the gut in about five minutes after that wins with something else. And look else. what happened. You're, you're the perfect example. Look what happened to you on Twitch last night. That Dude. was the look on your face. And I know you and I haven't known each other for, for very long, you know, personally, but right. the look on your face last night, the way you were singing last night when you got raided by that, by that group in France, Siobhan had no idea what was going on. I'm going, I'm going, holy smokes, you have no idea what just happened to Joe. So I'm explaining it to her while it's on your face, and it was just a – it was just a, a beautiful moment to be a part of, man. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. But so, I mean, that's what what's what we're trying to do. But so, I'm I'm thinking, I've been to a ton of 
I play a lot of these wineries. I play a lot in the Finger Lakes. I'm starting to play a lot of the breweries. I'm really digging the vibe at these places because the difference that I see in the craft brews, brewery places and distilleries and the wineries is that it's like, um, it's the more adult place for everyone to hang out. Now that we're all in our late, you know, late thirties, forties and fifties, we still miss going to bars. We still miss those glory days of going back in, but none of us want to go out at nine o'clock and go to downtown Syracuse or live that nightlife anymore. But these wineries and these breweries are all like, man, come here at noon. We're done by eight o'clock, you know, and you can go to hell home, you know, and it's a very safe environment. And that's the one thing that I like about it is that it's giving everyone kind of a safe place to kind of go be responsible and still get home and not feel like you're being a bag of shit the next day. Exactly. And, And society in a whole, you know, we're drinking less as a society. You know, we're 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 we want good quality stuff. But for the most part. Like you have one or two and it's like, all right, you know, I'm good. Like I'm ready to go home. Well, that's you because know, and, and, some of the beers are like 9%. So you just drank <laughs> five, <exactly>. you know. <laughs> right. But, you know, on top of what you're saying, though, is that it's more, it, they're more family friendly now, too. Yes. Like I don't mind. My kids are now 13 and 11, so they don't hang out with us as much as they used to. <laughs> right. But when they were like six and four, we'd go over to Chris Farms. We'd go out there. They'd have cornhole. They'd have soccer goals out for the kids. We'd play a little can jam. Siobhan and I would have a cider or two. We'd have a little cheese plate. And guess what? It's a family outing. Yeah. You didn't have to go because before, when you and I were young, if you went out, you wouldn't dare think about taking nope. kids. Like you had a problem if you were taking your kids to the bar, <laughs> right? I know. I never. But now it's completely changed. Yeah. I never, I never did that. My parents went out, but now it's like almost all these places and I'm trying to steer my live gigs more and it's kind of done it naturally to, to these places because it allows the, the kids to come. They have fun. And the parents feel like they can be adults, you know, so uh, it's it's a really it's a really cool vibe. And I hope that it it continues with this. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going to happen over the next few months with with our economy and everything. And I hope that some of these small businesses uh, can weather the storm, especially the ones that just like, hey, we just opened. And then they're like, you know, exactly. Exactly. We have a bakery. So we've eaten out six nights in a row. <laughs> so I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it the Corona 15, like the freshman 15 here. But, but that's all you can do is we've picked a different restaurant here in Casanova because we can only take care of our, our local spot. Right. You know? That's all we can do. And we had, we walked into a bakery. She's a French um, trained um, baker mm-hmm. and she makes the most gorgeous pastries and gorgeous everything. We walked in there on Sunday, Siobhan and I, we were just walking around. We said, how's bu- You know, what's going on? How's business? She said, her sales have doubled in the last three weeks since this has happened. People are coming out of the woodwork. This is bringing out the best in people. I truly, truly believe that. But to your point, the moment these, these places open back up, the crits farms of the world, you know, uh, the three, one, five brewings of the world, the talking cursives of the world, you have to go back out there and support them immediately. I think so too. And I think we have never, not to turn this into coronavirus thing, but we let's do this for the moment. But like, we have never, ever, including my parents' generation and even my grandparents' generation, have faced something of this magnitude. Ever, Correct. you know, we've had world wars, we've had nine eleven, but I don't think anything compares to what we're going through right now. Yep, economically for sure, and the uncertainty of it all is a thing, but. I'm hoping we all come out better people. I think this is the universe's way of kind of fucking, you know, resetting 
you know, not like, you know, we're going to kill everybody type of biblical type of shit. But I'm thinking this is we've been on this trajectory of bullshit (laughs) for the past eight years politically and socially that I think this is the universe's way of trying to even that out. And what's, what's great about this is I'm the eternal optimist. And what I, what I, I actually host my own po- podcast on Fridays with a, another entrepreneur buddy of mine. And what we talked about last Friday, we went live on Facebook and we had a huge audience just shooting us questions because here's what's fun about it. And this is why I'm always pushing side hustles. You know, if you're not happy with your job or you're not happy with your income, there is so much opportunity, even in this economy, to start up a side hustle or start your Facebook channel Agreed. or start your Twitch channel or whatever it is. Because here's the bottom line for us. Now the last excuse has been eliminated. <laughs> I don't have time is not in anybody's lexicon right now. <laughs> nope. So you can open up YouTube. You can figure out how to do a side hustle. You can figure out how to do a Twitch live stream. All excuses are off. Now's the perfect time to do that. Yeah, you, you brought it exactly where I was going to go with this, is that Josh has been on me for months. Dude, you got to get on Twitch. You got to get on Twitch. I'm like, John, John, when am I going to get on there? I'm playing five, six nights a week, five, six nights a week, and I don't have time during the day because there's just so much going on, and now I had all this time on my hands. So I finally dove in, and man, in just very, in less than, a, just, it's been one week been one week and it like totally changed the game to the point where when I come out of this, my business model might be radically different than I did when it was when I went in. And I have no idea what the next few weeks are going to bring. When I come back out of this, I may not be, I may not be doing what I did before. And I think a lot of people right now, and I think all businesses, restaurants, businesses, you know, you know, offices are all going to the business models of everybody is going to change in a positive way. You know, you're going to realize that we can still function as an economy. Yep. And we can function more efficiently as an yes. economy. Here's what's going to happen. I, again, this is the eternal optimist in me coming out. The majority of this market is going to come roaring back. Can you imagine the 4th of July parties we're going to have this year? Oh my when God. This thing co- people are going to, people are going to party their faces off. But here's what's going to happen. We're going to get 75% of this market back because people are going to learn how to, how to work more efficiently yeah. and they're going to be smarter with their money. We needed a little bit of a market downturn to bring people back in and stop spe- spending money on stupid stuff. We needed that. But if you can do your side hustle, if you can do Zoom calls, I'll, go, I'll tell you a quick story. I saw a guy at, the, um, at the, uh, my local liquor store, like everybody else on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. And he runs a company here in town that has 600 salespeople, 600 salespeople. Jesus. They just started their home working program the week before, one <laughs> week ago. He goes, Ben, we had our number one sales day of all time with 600 people working from home Yeah, because they didn't commute in and out. So they saved an hour. Yep. They weren't worried about what Kathy was wearing that day. Yep. They didn't worry about where they were getting their takeout food. They yep. didn't worry about office politics. They sat down, turned on their coffee maker, and went to work. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah, my, my gym is doing the same thing. Uh, we've navigated into, like, virtual workouts, and you tune in a few times a day, at least to get the instruction whether you're going to do the workout then, or sometimes you can do the workout with everybody, and we're still cheering each other on. It's, it's really amazing that we're finding a way. And now this is something, like, 20 or 30 years ago, we would have been fucked. Because we did not have the technology to be able to weather something like that. And I think that's why our government officials 
are doing what they're doing right now and doing this knowing that we have the technology to be able to weather this craziness and still keep commerce going, you know? Yep. Exactly. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to come out of this much more efficient. Yes. There are going to be people that lose their jobs and that sucks royally. I get that 100%, but there's going to be other ways that, you know, innovation is going to come out of this. Yeah. We're going to have amazing, amazing products and services coming out of this thing. And I can't stress it. I can't stress enough. You need, if you are unhappy with your current job or you have no job and you want to do a side hustle, now is the time to educate yourself and learn how to do those things. Absolutely. Because I look at it at first, I looked at it from a musician's standpoint, because now I've been able to turn my obviously my attention towards my Twitch. But I'm also wanting now once I get into a stride with the Twitch, which is consuming you know, nine hours of my day, even though I'm live three hours. Cause we're just every yep. day we're innovating. We're right. Let's incorporate this. Let's do this. Let's do this. So we get a stride going with that. Then I'm going to be able to find, finally turn my attention to like my original music, my stuff with brand new sin. And then I'm thinking, Oh my God, globally across all the thing, we're going to have this amazing explosion of amazing music because every musician in the planet is sitting at home right now with a lot of yep. time on their hands. So they're just going to be right music. It's all of a sudden we're going to be flooded with the best music of our life. And then I'm like, wait a minute, artists, um, you know, designers, entrepreneurs, um, you know, let's just go all this thing. We're going to, in the next year, two, three, four years, we're going to be feeling the effects, positive effects of this. Like everyone's yep. going to just get in, in, you know, Coming up with ideas upon ideas upon ideas, this might, this is where the eternal optimist in me goes. We're going to come out of this, freaking going, wow! Look what that just did. We just changed the world. Can you imagine a year from now that when it's the dead of winter, when it's snowing like it is outside? I'm looking outside. It's coming. I can barely see across the street tonight. If I wanted to sit down with a bottle of wine with my wife, and I had my choice of ten local artists that are all going live tonight. Yep. I have the Just Joe channel. I have the Just Novak channel. I have the Ashley Cox channel. I have boom, 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 all the way down the line. I can sit there on my big screen with my, with my big stereo system, yeah. sitting there virtually like I'm, like I'm sitting right in front of Just Joe. Yeah. Can, you we, imagine, can you imagine that? We just noticed right before we got on here that Garth Brooks was going live on Facebook. So yeah. like you're seeing everybody. <laughs> like if Garth Brooks is going live, then this is here's here's where we're going. You and I have had this conversation last week on a, on one of our little side hustles that we're starting with. And I don't want yep. to divulge too much, but like we're getting to a point technology wise where nothing sounds or looks better than what you have in the living room of your house. And this Correct. goes for anybody. It's pretty affordable to go out and get that giant television with 4K resolution and a couple of sound bars with a subwoofer and it sound and look amazing. And next thing you know, I'm going to get a 30 rack of Keystone, a bag of weed, and like a couple pizzas, and I'm not leaving my house, and we're going to watch all the music tonight, you know? And I don't have to worry about driving. I don't have to worry about DWI. I don't have to worry about my kids being, you know, finding a sitter. I don't have to worry about other people drinking and driving. I can sit home and be safe. And when the world opens back up, I can have friends over and party with them, too. Right, exactly. And, you know, I'm wondering... There's, uh, there is gonna, some jobs that may not come back after this because Correct. business models change. But with them changing, there's going to be jobs in the other side of that yep. attached to those things. So people are like, well, you know, what if people aren't going to concerts as much and stuff like that? And I go, I think we're kind of getting to that 
role anyways because there's so many concerts and there's almost there's only so much money and these concert tickets are like they're just astronomical you know yep. it's like i want to go see a show but I, i'm not paying 250 dollars for a ticket you yep. know so there has to and be when, there's going to be a switching around of where people are working you know and, and think about the size of the facility that you would have had to have rent out to have 2200 people in the same room last night i would have had them in the landmark theater correct yeah. Think about it from the artist side. Think about it this way. If I was if I was Cody, I know he's sitting right there. If I was Cody and I want to play NBA 2K for a living, what I would do if I was if I was in his shoes, I would start my own Twitch channel and I would put together a one-page sales deck to send out to companies of people that wanted to get in front of my audience. It could be smoking accessories, it could be beverage brands, it could be the hoodie that he wears and literally find all of those companies, send them a message and say I want a sponsorship for $500 for the month. I'm bringing a thousand people into Twitch every single week. He yeah. could, he could easily put $2,000 in his pocket every single month. If he, and I'm using him as an example, sorry, Cody, I'm using you as an example, but no he could do that by just putting hustle in and using, using his public persona. If he wanted to do a side hustle on yeah. the nights and weekends. Yeah. And I, I think everybody should be thinking this now or, if you want to do some a new career, this might be the time to like kind of figure that out. Whether you have a job to go back to or not, you know, like just be proactive during this time more than anything. So, um, but let, let's let's steer back towards the booze. Let's steer back towards the booze. <laughs> it all comes back to the booze. Let's go back to the booze, man. So, like, are you a craft beer guy? Or are you a spirits guy? Or are you a wine guy? Or are you all of them? I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you something publicly that I've never admitted out 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 loud before. Siobhan and I do not drink spirits. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> we we don't. She used to drink disco lemon. She used to drink disco a little bit, but just for sampling purposes. Right. But no, no, we're we're wine people. Uh, we love Finger Lakes Riesling, and we love um, Cab, Cabernet Sauvignon from uh, the Central Coast of California. Right. But no, we start we started a spirits company and we weren't even really into it, nor are we now. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not about what you like. It's about like when you're starting a business, like where where's the hole? You know, let's come up with something, you know. Just because we someone start- started Beyond Meat doesn't mean that the people that started Beyond Meat are friggin' not meat eaters. <laughs> exactly. They're trying to make exactly. money. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. That's the yeah, motivation. We saw a hole in the market. We saw a hole in the marketplace. This is before distilleries got distilleries got even big. Now, I and mean, we were almost seven years ago at this right. point. I mean, disco was created. Disco was created five years ago. We sold it two years ago. So, I mean, we had a, it had a very short. We you know, we had a very short flash in the pan. We saw an opportunity, and when we sat down with with uh, you know the people around us, they're like, "Listen, this is very simple. Yeah. You can either you can either make disco lemonade for the rest of your life." Or you can go off and talk to cool people like I'm doing right now, and go <laughs> off and help other people do it. What do you? Th- why do you think there was a? There's such a. Why distilleries are the last one to come to the ball game? Are they more expensive to get going, or you know what? Why is that? To, because to they're the, because when it comes to the regulatory environment, both on the federal and state level, they view them like the redheaded stepchild. Really? Like, oh my God, it's vodka. Oh my God, it's whiskey. There's just been a. You, you guys probably know it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just always been like this stigma behind spirits. Yes. Like craft beer. Oh, well, that's cool. I'm a craft, you know, I'm a, I'm a craft beer hippie or, Oh, I'm a wine snob, but no, that guy that drinks spirits, man, he's going to turn into a zombie and do something really <laughs> no, bad. Well, that's what they say. Oh, that's hard liquor. 
Exactly. That's why I never use that word. I never use hard liquor. It's always spirits to me. Because the answer to your question is, are they harder to get off the ground? Regulatory-wise, yes. Money-wise, no. All right. Because I know our friends over at Lock One, they had had a step up because they're fabricators first. You know, they yep. own the steel fabrication business. So they could, they built all that themselves, you know. So that saved them a ton of money being able to build their own still, you know. That's huge. That's huge. And here's the other thing about distilleries that people may not know. You can make craft beer at home. You can perfect your recipes at home. You can make up to like 200 gallons of your own beer per, per year. Mm-hmm. Same with wine. You can make 275 gallons of wine in your basement if you want to and perfect your recipes the moment you distill something at home, you're breaking a federal law. Anybody that starts their own distillery is learning on the job. You are not allowed to distill one ounce of alcohol until you have your federal permit. Wow. How freaking scary is that? So, yeah. So, there, there's, there's the rub. That's what takes... It's, why is it, though? Is that, that's, a, that's obviously an uh, you know, um, alcohol ATF thing, right? You know? It is. So the former ATF after 9-11 was, turned, was broken into pieces. It's turned into like the TTB, the Taxation and Trade Bureau. Yeah. But it's the, it's the same thing. Everybody thinks once you put whiskey in your mouth, like you're going to turn into some zombie. Like I still <laughs> don't understand it to this point. You know, personal responsibility is personal responsibility. Right. You sh- there should be, and it's been floated around. Obviously now is not the time to talk about it, but it's called the Home Distillation Act that allows people to do it both for home consumption, your own consumption, you can bottle up your own vodka and, and give it to your family and friends or for your own consumption. That still has not passed Congress, but I'm, it, it desperately needs to. No, I agree because, I mean, hey, the government wants to make money and why not let businesses start so they can make money off the business? It's all about tax revenue and everything else. So it's like you want these things to grow. And preach it to the choir, dude. Now, do you think, um, and I'm not real sure of this, and I've, I've said it in conversations and I don't know if there's any validity to it. Did Cuomo and this administration make it more possible for these, all these wineries and these craft breweries to grow? Was that definitely something? 100%. Okay. 100%. I give the state a lot of credit. I know there's a lot of downside to living in New York State. There's a lot of downside to living anywhere. Trust me, man. I've been there. (laughs) This state has done a phenomenal job deregulating the craft beverage business. Did you know it right now? If you had a craft brewing license, you can now get a you can now get a distillery, cidery, or cider permit add-on. They're actually calling it add-on licenses with a one-page application with New York State. Wow! So it is it is amazing how easy they are making it making uh, people get into this space. Now the federal level is a little bit tougher because there's a lot more red tape. But no, I can't say enough about New York State and how easy they've made it to get into the space. Good, and I, I don't know there I know there was grants that were available and stuff like that because I have a friend. He's from my hometown of Central Square, and he was brewing on the side in his house for years. And his wife works for Wegmans, and they were living here, but she got moved to like a, one of the bigger up offices in Rochester. So they moved to Canandaigua to be closer to where she was going to be. So he's down there, and he was commuting back to this job that he's had for 20-plus years. I think he was a contractor of some sort. And then he went into just trademark a name because he's like, I want to mm-hmm. someday open a brewery called Peacemaker Brewery. And, um, and the trademark lawyer was like, well, what do you plan on doing with this? And he was like, well, you know, someday I want to open a little, little brewery, you know, when I retire, when my job starts, you know, falling off. But he's, the guy's like, I know of a turnkey 
small little brewery here in Canandaigua right now. Because mm-hmm. I think it was Young Lion, maybe? Yep. I know it well. Uh, they were maybe in that space before, before they moved down to their very large space. Yep. And that was still sitting there. So he's like, all right, well, I, you know, he's like, I'll get the lawyer. They're looking for someone to go in and rent the place. And he went in there and he rented the place and he started brewing and he opened up. And within two, less than two months into it, he had to make the decision whether to um, go full time with this because he was making so much money and making so much progress with his beer that he quit his job of 20 plus years. That's amazing. And now, and then, you know, to the point where he had to close his business just now to get into a bigger space and he ended up getting a grant to be able to build out this old space in Canandaigua to make it even Mm -hmm. larger. So absolutely, like he, you know, he found a little side hustle and look at it now, you know. It's amazing. And there are hundreds of those stories across this state because, and here's the advice I would give to somebody. If anybody has ever thought about it, you know, somebody, somebody makes wine in North Syracuse and people just go nuts over this, this person's wine. Start small. You don't need the biggest winery in town. You don't need the biggest brewery in town. Uh, no. you know, unfortunately, what, we've, what we're starting to see is the people that overbuilt, uh, you know, they may not make it. And it's going <laughs> to be. Yeah, we've start, seen that, unfortunately. We, we've seen it. And that's my advice is start small. Let your business dictate how far you grow. You know, this goes back to my corporate country club uh, upbringing is you don't build your clubhouse for the member guest tournament. You build your clubhouse for Tuesday afternoon business. Then you put tents outside for the member guest. That is how you should start your side hustle or your main hustle or anything that you want to do. Yeah. Let your dic- let your business dictate how far you grow it. I heard a podcast not too long ago, and I can't remember whose it was. I listened to so many of them. They blur together. And this guy had a gentleman on. The gentleman didn't really want to say who his name was because he's kind of mm-hmm. well-known in the in, in the industry. And he opened and, uh, and started a lot of chain restaurants over yep. the years. And he was talking on the business level. He's like, well, you know, he goes, if I went back and did it again, I, would, I wouldn't do anything like I did with the chain restaurants. He goes, I would build things so differently now. And I think this is going to apply to a lot of places after we get out of this. Dining rooms are going to become super, super small. Dining rooms are going to come small. The takeout, he said, I would make all my chain restaurants very small, dining room, small bar, double the size of the kitchen, and have everything for takeout and Grubhub. Everything is that. Everything's moving that general direction. And now we're, that's the only place we are right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that we're going to start seeing more of that too, you know, after we come out of this. So instead of trying to build, like, the days of the big restaurants are gone. I agree. And that was before this happened. Exactly. What, what, where the opportunity lies is going to be, how can you still get your message across? How can you still get your brand across, but do it in a 2021 world? What is 2021 going to look like? Because you know what? That is, where, that is what our kids are going to grow up in. That is what's going to be the new reality. You're, you and I are both old enough to remember, what was the new reality after 9-11? Yeah. You know, all, all of a sudden you have people frisking you before you get on a plane. That, mm-hmm. You know, you can't go down the terminal anymore and, and you know, and right. kiss your wife goodbye for a business trip. You can't do any of those things. No. So it's going to be the people that not only create the new world, but you don't even have to create part of the new world. Just see what's happening and just move quickly towards that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, 
it's like, you know, I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. And uh, he goes, listen, I, I don't predict the future. He goes, I just see where things are going, and I adapt quicker than everybody else. So it makes me look like a like Nostradamus. Right. He goes, he goes, I'm not, he goes, I'm not smart. He goes, I'm just fast. Right. No, I've always done it in my business. My, my plan was always to try to see the next step ahead. I don't play yep. chess. Like, I don't actually play chess, but in, in my business, I'm always playing chess. I'm looking yep. two, three steps ahead. And that's what's, you know, I attribute my success to doing. And that with me jumping to Twitch, someone like Jess Novak jumping to Twitch, we're the first two really to be doing that in Syracuse. And I want all the other guys to kind of jump over too, but it's a scary jump because uh, without, if I didn't have the help of Josh and the help of a couple other of our fans that are real familiar with that platform, it would have been really, really enough tough to navigate to. Yep. So everyone's staying over in the Facebook world where you're, you're like, you're, it's white noise over there. And then you're dealing with algorithms and all this other stuff, which is great, but you got to go over and get into your niche. So I was like, well, I'm going to just go one step ahead and I'm just going to try And then right now I'm just trying to keep seeing. And every day my chest move is moving faster than I can even think at this point, which is and, great. And that's amazing because you're an early, you're, you're an early adopter. Josh yeah. and uh, Josh and Cody were early adopters in the space and that's why they're winning. Yeah. That's why their channel is growing. Terrestrial, you, you can't tell me that terrestrial radio is, is still going to grow. You cannot convince me of that. No. But if you convince me that you have a digital platform like they do every single day and they broadcast through that and you can clip it, you can control every single tweet that you send out. Here's the, here's the bottom line for me. You get to still control the message. It's mm-hmm. just the media platforms that change. That's it. You have to figure out where the puck is going, not where the puck is. Right. You know, the puck is on Facebook right now. It's still having its time and Instagram. I get all those things. But you and Cody and Josh are skating to where the puck is going on Twitch. Yeah. And guess what? You're all starting to monetize. Imagine that. Yeah. Like I hit monetization in less than a week. And that's amazing. Last night, not only was that raid a huge thing, but there was a, um, I don't know if you saw a guy in there called Grab Your Popcorn. That he's he's a Twitch staff member. He was in there for a reason. That's amazing. So he was in there monitoring it, and my guy who's been a Twitcher for five years is like, he goes, that's huge. Not only for him to stop in, gift he donated the subs, and he he donated some other stuff. He's like, you're all of a sudden. He goes in a very short time on the radar of Twitch. And he goes, you're, you're on a fast track, so just keep doing what you're doing. So I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, just keep doing what you're doing. He goes, I don't, I have faith that you're in another week, we're going to have yet another conversation, you know? Wow. So, you know, things are exciting, you know, and that's, what's kept me sane through all this. Cause two weeks ago when I saw where this was headed before the bars and restaurants were getting closed, I saw where it was going and I, I absolutely had a couple meltdowns to the point where my ex-wife and I, who are still very, very close, was like talking me off the ledge, you know, figuratively, of course, um, of like, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? But over the years, I've never just relied completely on the gigs to pay my bills. I've always developed alternate revenue streams, whether it's lovegrams or personal songs that I've written for people for their weddings or... um, my nightly tunage and selling ads on there and, you know, being on K-Rock and the, the K-Rock cover weekly, like I could go on and on all these alternate revenue streams that I created out of necessity just because I'm just like, all right, 
I'm just going to keep making these because when one thing slows down, I'm making some money off another spot. Like, cause lovegram season is like, that's Valentine's day and I kill it. And that gets me through a very lean time of the year gig wise. Yep. So it's now, just like diversifying your investment portfolio. It's right. the exact and same thing as diversifying your investment portfolio. Right, and that's what I did. So I feel that I was, not to toot my own horn, I was more prepared for something like this than most of my counterparts, yep. you know? Yep. And I'm lucky in the same way in that, you know, when, I, when, you, when you get the wind under your belt like I had, that puts you on a lot of people's radars. So what happens for me is, I try to diversify my own client, my own consulting. I do a little bit of, you know, I do a little bit of beverage. I do a little bit of personal branding. I do a little bit of corporate strategy. You know, I'm working with a smoking accessory brand in Seattle. Yep. It's called it's called Bogarts. It's like, okay. it, like to me, awesome. if you had told me that five years ago that I'm working with a smoking accessory brand, I would have called you crazy. Right. But Siobhan asked me the same thing. She came home. She saw the market crash. She goes, "What does this look like for your business?" I go, "Everything's great." I said, yeah. "Even if even if three or four of them fall off." I'm still working on some really cool brands right. that, you know, it's like, it's like you said, you know, booze, what are the two things that are recession proof booze and weddings, right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. we're still going to be making booze. We're still going to be having weddings right. and people still need corporate strategy. But I think you look at the world in the right way. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying. So let's wrap it up with this. Your favorite. And I, I don't know if you can, you can do this. I'm going to say your favorite local craft brew. It doesn't uh, have to be it doesn't. a piece of cake. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But it doesn't have to be a specific beer, just the place or the, the brewery. I can tell you. So I have, I have two. Can I, can, I, can I say two? Absolutely. All right. So uh, you'll love this answer. So uh, Herit- Heritage Hill Milk yes, Stout. Yes, absolutely. I got one in my fridge my, right now. I, I drank one last night. <laughs> <laughs> I went up there and saw Dan. My second one is Omegang Rare Voss. Ooh. I don't know that if I've is, had that one. Oh, man. You got you to gotta contact them. And I think knowing your guys' personal preferences, I think you and Cody are going to do a backflip for Oma Gang Rayvon. Good. Yeah, I, to- I agree. I'm- Heritage Hill is a huge thing because I've known Dan for a number of years, long before there was a Heritage Hill. You know, I've known Dan. Um, his ex-wife lived across the street from us in Manlius, and I got to know him that way. He was just a farmer and an investment guy at that time. So I've watched that whole business grow, and I've been a huge supporter of it since and he backed it up with some of the best beer i've ever had like the 20 east, the 20 east ipa is the best ipa i've ever had yep. so yep. i agree with heritage Hill, and if i had to pick a number two i pick ibu just because we are so close with them uh and petro and minty and dunes everybody up at ibu are just they're constantly pushing their envelope and trying new stuff and i just i root for them because they seem to be an underdog I love so, it. All right. You're I love fi- it. So before you, before you wrap it up, I have a personal note for you. I just want it on the record. What's that? So as you, as you know, uh, my, my wife's stepmother passed away last week. So yes. it was a very emotional week for us on top of everything that's going on. And one of the things that they did was for the last few years of her life, she didn't allow anybody to play her old vinyls. She put them in a, uh, she put them into a closet and didn't let anybody touch them. <laughs> so one of the first things uh, my wife did was she went out and she bought a new record player for her father and bought a new record player for our house as well. Oh. Her favorite vinyl was bread. Yeah. And when, when so you when did, I played that the other night, yeah? We were both sitting there watching your stream in tears, Joe. Oh. And you have no idea what that meant to us. You taught me how to love What's up? What's up?
opportunity to learn twitch took the opportunity to learn it with josh and cody and you had the opportunity to sit there in front of us and play that song is i'm, I'm getting almost choked up right now it was amazing and, I, and for that i thank you and you're welcome that's the power of music my friend so um you and i obviously are going to be speaking off the air at some point about a lot of other things but i i'm i dug this conversation and, and it's a real nice mix up from what i do i mean i'm always doing music or mental health or there's some kinds of crazy stories, but you know, I think people are going to dig this. So, uh, thank you, Mr. Ben Riley, for being on. I'm sure you'll be back on the on the radar at some point in the Just Joe podcast, and I will talk to you soon. Cheers. All right, cheers. My album pick of the week completely different than I've been picking lately. We just referenced this band at the end of the podcast, Red. This band ruled the FM airwaves with their mellow soft rock back in the day, and uh, here is their album, Anthology of Bread. Sit back, smoke a doobie, and enjoy this record. Yeah! Yeah! 